Chapters 3 and 4 of The Life and Doctrine of St. Catherine of Genoa. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. The Life and Doctrine of St. Catherine of Genoa. Chapters 3 and 4. Chapter 3. On the day of the festival of the Annunciation of the glorious Virgin Mary, after her conversion, that is, after her loving wound, her Lord gave her the desire for Holy Communion, which she never lost during her whole life, and her love ordered it in such a way that communion was given to her without any care on her part, for she was, in a wonderful manner, provided with it in one way or another, and without asking, she was often summoned to receive it, by priests inspired by God to give it to her. On one occasion a holy religious said to her, You receive communion every day, how are you now satisfied? And she answered him simply, explaining her desires and feelings. In order to prove her, he said to her, Perhaps there may be something wrong in receiving communion so often, and then left her. In consequence of this, Catherine, for fear of doing wrong, abstained from communion, but with great pain, and the religious, finding that she thought more of doing wrong than of the consolation and satisfaction of communion, directed her to make daily communion, and she returned to her accustomed way. Once, when at the point of death, so ill that she was unable to take any sustenance, she said to her confessor, if you would give me, my lord, three times only, I should be cured. It was done, and her health was immediately restored. Before receiving communion, she suffered severe pains about the heart, and said, My heart is not like that of others, for it only rejoices in the Lord, and therefore give him to me. It indeed seemed that otherwise she could not have lived, and if deprived of communion, her life would have consumed away in suffering. Of this there are many proofs, for if, on any day, she happened not to receive, she would pass it in almost insupportable pain, so that her attendants were filled with compassion for her, and believed it clearly to be the will of God that she should receive daily. One day after communion, God gave her such consolation that she lost her consciousness, and the priest could not give her the ablution until she had been restored to herself. And she then exclaimed, O oh Lord, I do not desire to follow thee for these consolations, but only for pure love. Although she did not easily shed tears, she awoke one night weeping, when she had dreamed that she was not to receive on the next day. But if, for any human reason, she could not have received it, she would have been patient and confident, saying to her Lord, If thou wouldest, it could be given to me. She said that at the beginning of her conversion, when this desire of communion was first given to her, she sometimes envied the priests who received whenever they wished, without causing remarks from anyone, and it was her special desire to be able to say the three masses on Christmas Day, so that she envied no one in this world but the priests, and when she saw the sacrament in the hands of one of them at the altar, she would say within herself, Take it, take it quickly to your heart, for it is the Lord of the heart. To receive it, she would have gone miles, and endured fatigues beyond human power to bear. 
when she was at mass she was often so occupied interiorly with her lord that she did not hear a word but when the time came to receive communion she accused herself and would say oh my lord it seems to me that if i were dead i should come to life in order to receive thee and if any unconsecrated host were given to me that i should know it by the taste as one knows wine from water she said this because when consecrated it sent a certain ray of love into the very depths of her heart. She also said that if she had seen the whole court of heaven arrayed in such a manner, that there was no difference between God and the angels, yet the love in her heart would have caused her to know God, as the dog knows his master, and much sooner, and with less effort, because love, which is God himself, instantly and directly finds its end, and last repose. At one time, on receiving, she perceived such an odor and such sweetness that she believed herself in paradise, when suddenly she turned towards her Lord and humbly said, O oh Lord, perhaps thou dost draw me to thee by this fragrance. I do not desire it. I desire nothing but thee and thee holy. Thou knowest that from the beginning I have asked of thee the grace that I might never see visions, nor receive external consolations, for so clearly do I perceive thy goodness, that I do not seem to walk by faith, but by a true and heartfelt experience. Chapter 4 Some time after her conversion, on the day of the Annunciation of Our Lady, her love spoke within her, saying that he wished her to keep the fast in his company in the desert, and immediately she became unable to eat so that she was without food for the body until Easter, and with the exception of the three fast days, on which she had the grace to be able to eat, she took nothing during the whole of Lent. She afterwards ate, as at other times, without disgust, and in this manner she passed twenty-three Lents and as many Advents, during which time she took nothing but a tumbler full of water, vinegar, and pounded salt. When she drank this mixture, it seemed as if it were thrown upon a red-hot surface, and that it was at once dried up in the great fire that was burning within her. How wonderful! For no one, however healthy, could bear a drink of this kind fasting. But she described the sweetness that proceeded from her burning heart, as so great, that even this harsh beverage refreshed her. This rejection of food, at first, gave her great trouble, for not knowing the cause, she suspected some deception, but when she, again and again, forced herself to take food, and her stomach rejected it, all her family, as well as herself, regarded it as a prodigy. For even when she attempted to eat, in obedience to her confessor, the result was the same. This was the more remarkable, because at other times she could eat and retain her food, even up to the very day when Lent and Advent began. During the seasons when she could not eat, she practiced pious works more than at other times. She slept better and felt stronger and more active. And she also went to table with the others, to avoid, as far as possible, all singularity. And when forced herself to taste something, in order to escape observation, then she would say to herself, Oh, if you knew what I feel within! By this she meant the burning and pure love, and union with God, which those around her could hardly endure, so much were they astonished that she could not eat, but she paid no heed to them, saying to herself, 
if we regarded the operations of God, we should look at the interior more than the exterior. Living without food is purely an operation of God, without my will. But it is nothing to boast of, or to cause surprise, for to him it is as nothing. The pure light shows us that we should not regard the manifestations that God makes of himself for our necessities and his own glory, but only the pure love with which his divine majesty performs his work in our behalf, and the soul becoming these pure operations of a love which looks for no good that we can do, must needs love him purely, without regard to any particular grace which she receives from him, but looking to him alone, for himself alone, who is worthy of being loved without measure, and with no reference either to soul or body. End of chapters 3 and 4